0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to today's podcast, where we're talking about to stop making weight loss hard, right? Now, it's it's hard, but stop making it harder, right? Because uh, you're approaching it in such an intense way that you're making it almost impossible to lose the weight and um, almost impossible to keep it off. Because in your mind, deep down, you believe that the harder it is, the more difficult it is to lose the weight, the faster it's going to happen. Right. And so you're, you're subconsciously geared to make weight loss really, really difficult because you've been conditioned by the diets and you have seen millions of diet ads in your life. Every single diet ad really shows you a before and after picture with a time frame on it. And in your mind, you know, you're thinking about how can I lose weight in the fastest way possible? And of course the way to lose weight the fastest is to use the most extreme approach possible. Right. So, um, that's what you're kind of geared for subconsciously, is to make it very, very difficult. And very rarely, if ever, have you ever asked the question, how can I lose weight in the easiest, most natural, most comfortable way possible? You've never asked that question. And if you've ever even asked it, you've never really stuck with it until you found some answers. And if you do, if you stick with that question, you will train your mind to find those answers, right? Because your subconscious mind is a servo mechanism, and it answers the questions that we consistently ask it. And uh, you know that, that's a whole nother story because a lot of times the question people are asking is, "What's wrong with me? Why can't I lose weight? Why is this so hard? Why is this so difficult? Why can't I stick to anything?" And you, those are the answers you're getting and where you're keeping yourself stuck. So the real secret to making it easier is asking better questions. And again, I, I, I know that you don't have the answer to these questions right now, but I also know you're not asking these questions in order to get to the answer. And um, can I tell you how to do it? Uh, I can give you some ideas, but you have to discover this for yourself because what's easy for you is different than what's easy for me. And that's another break from the diet mentality um the idea that someone's just going to give you their plan and you're going to follow it to to lose the weight and keep it off is crazy right because you're your own person you got your own likes dislikes you know preferences genetics all, all these things and so you can take inspiration from someone's plan you know and, and use aspects of it to integrate into your own but you can't just follow someone else's plan just just start right from the start of it and expect that that's what's going to work for you And I think that's, again, that's another mindset issue. And so when you start approaching this as I'm going to look at all the different diets out there and weight loss approaches, and I'll pick and choose what works for me. And in service of me creating my own customized weight mastery plan that is relatively easy, comfortable, and enjoyable for me. And so what are some ways to make that happen? I will give you a couple hints and suggestions, kind of move you along the path. But again, it really starts with asking that question, what can I do? How can I, me personally, knowing my life, knowing myself, knowing my strengths and my weaknesses, let me optimize on my strengths and let me figure out a way to make this as easy as possible. Okay, so what are some ways to make weight loss easier? Well, the first big one is stop trying to do it all at once. You know, your impatience is keeping you stuck at your current weight more than anything else um, because your impatience causes you to keep trying um extreme plans and jumping right into the middle of those plans right no one starts their diet off slowly right you start off a hundred percent and it's an overcorrection, and it's overwhelming and um the you know the results speak for themselves because you can probably stick to it for a couple days maybe a couple weeks and then it's very difficult to stay with it right um so what's the alternative to that well the alternative is that you again you you take it step by step and you do it more strategically you know, So instead of trying to change it all your eating at once, maybe you focus on making your breakfast more healthy and you focus on really resolving your worst eating habit, whatever your worst eating habit may be. And you work on strategically um, resolving it, not using willpower to stop yourself, but really finding real, true, genuine strategies that resolve your old, bad eating habits. And once you get that one mastered, then you go on the next one, okay? Um, so that's the first step. That's kind of a big, big picture view of it. Um, some some other things you can do is to not just focus on the eating piece, right? Because what most dieters do is they're expecting to use their willpower to control their eating, and they're not strategically focusing on the bottom up factors that impact your eating. What are those bottom up factors? Your energy levels, your cravings, your moods, um, your thinking, right? Your, your uh, you know your hormones, your, your metabolism, and so how do you get yourself to have less hunger, to be satisfied easier, to crave healthy foods, to be able to make better decisions, right? That's a better question. That's a, that's a strategic question. And what you do there is you focus it on your lifestyle, right? So you focus on getting the right amount of sleep, drinking enough water, being properly hydrated, relaxing, right? Breathing, nourishing your body, moving more, meditating, quieting your mind down, being more grateful. And when you start focusing on these things and really implementing them into your life, what ends up happening is you you reduce a lot of the the energy that's driving you to overeat. And so now you're not relying so much on willpower, you know, again, it's a strategic solution, but you hear me say strategy a lot. And so I'm going to kind of finish on this idea that what you have been trained to do weight loss wise is you have been trained to rely on one tactic, right? Every diet is one tactic. Don't eat carbs. Don't eat for 16 hours. Count your points just eat Mediterranean food, whatever the tactic is, it's one tactic and you're left to just force yourself to follow that tactic. And what I'm here to tell you is that if you start looking at your weight loss in a more holistic way, start understanding all the different factors that are impacting your hunger, your food choices, your cravings, your ability to make the right choices. As you start focusing on the bigger picture, you can be more strategic and you can strategically set yourself up to succeed instead of just relying on willpower to just magically change everything one day, which when you look at it that way, sounds kind of like a silly strategy, and it is. And that's why most people get shitty results with that strategy, okay? So start being more, looking at the whole thing more holistically and start being more strategic. Give yourself more time and take it step by step so that you can not only lose weight, but that you can lose weight just one more time And then live the rest of your life at your goal weight on your autopilot. All right. So I hope this helps you out. Um, If anyone has any questions, feel free to ask them because I love to answer them. (laughs) Not that I like more. Well, there's some things I like more, but not too many. I love talking about weight loss. I love talking about weight mastery. It's one of my favorites. Um, I eat when I'm not hungry. Any tips to stop? Yeah, sure, sure. Um, Eating when we're not hungry. There's a couple things. Now, again, I, I always like to make this, this, this say this, that, you know, I'll, I'll answer these questions the best I can. It's, it's so hard when I don't have like more context, you know, to, to what the real story is, because that really helps me dig into it. But some of the most common reasons people eat when they're not hungry, uh, there's a couple of them. One of the big ones is emotional eating. Okay, that's probably number one. I tend to think that, you know, all weight issues of being overweight really come down to emotional eating. Right, because if you only ate to nourish your body, and when you were nourished, you stopped, then you'd be your natural weight. Okay, so a lot of times it's the emotional eating, and so let's start there. And so look at bull. Well, I'm Actually, let me take a step back from that. Um, the first one to do is I eat when I'm not hungry. And one thing with program yourself, then what we're looking to do is we don't mind making mistakes. See, it's so much like the diet, right? You start the first day, and, and you're scared to hell to make a mistake, right? It's, it's a it's an endurance test. How long can I be perfect for? With Program Yourself then we're starting slow. And so there's, there's mistakes all over the place. And we're strategically picking kind of the, the biggest mistake and working on fixing that. And so if one of your biggest issues is that you eat when you're not hungry, um, what you wanna do is you wanna, first first step is gaining awareness because awareness always precedes change. And people tend not to do this. They tend to just try and willpower themselves and force themselves to act differently. We don't wanna do that because it's a short-term strategy. We wanna understand why are you eating when you're not hungry? right? Because everyone's different and you probably have a couple different situations, you know? So sometimes you might feel sad and then you're eating when you're not hungry. Sometimes you might be celebrating and then you're eating when you're not hungry. Sometimes you might just eat because that's when you eat. And even if you're hungry or not, you're eating. You see what I mean? So there's so many different reasons why this could be happening um, that for me to talk about them, I could talk about a hundred different kinds of reasons that can trigger that. So let me zoom back and say for you, what I'd like you to do is look at after you do it, Take a step back and look and say, what is going on here? Is it just a habit that I've kind of, you know, fallen into? Is there some emotional reason to it? Is there, you know, am I really hungry? You know, start noticing what is driving that behavior. I, I mean, this is where we really diverge from diets. Program yourself then diverges from diets because with the diets, what's the plan? The plan is you're gonna be perfect. That that's what you do on a diet. You start on day one and you be perfect until you reach your goal. And there's no room for evolution or growth. And so in my mind, it's such a shitty strategy, the dieting mindset. It's, it's the shittiest strategy. The numbers bear that out. Your experience proves that it doesn't work for you. It doesn't work for anyone you know. And yet people keep doing it, you know? So what I'm suggesting to you here is that you approach your weight loss like you would any other thing you want to improve in your life. If you want to play a musical instrument, learn a language, learn a dance, learn a skill. And what happens is you start interfacing with it and you make mistakes so that you can learn and grow and evolve. Right? And if you approach your weight mastery that way, it's A, hey, you're, you're guaranteed success as long as you keep walking that path because you just keep improving. Um, but then you start to understand yourself and you can come up with strategic solutions, not just willpower, stop myself. And strategic solutions last much longer than willpower. So I'll leave it there. That, that's what I'll kind of give you for now. Um, cooking, not cooking. Not sure what that means. Um, Maggie says that makes sense. Yep, good, good. Um, Autopilot. <laughs> what do you say in Blackburn Cat? <laughs> I do really well for a few weeks and sometimes I end up binging for one day and get back to my plan. Oh, that's great then. Um, You know, I in mean, Program Yourself, then we follow a 5-2 model of eating, right? Five days of clean eating, two days of pleasure eating. And this is all very intentional because for a bunch of reasons. I mean, there's so much strategy and psychology put into that model. But one of the big ones is that again, the dieter mindset has this vague idea that you're going to start on a Monday and just stay following your diet until you reach your goal. And it's, you, know, you don't want to fall off the wagon. So you're doing everything you can. You're thinking of like an endurance test, you know, how long can I stick with this? And um, so that's a bad mindset to begin with because you ain't going to be perfect. You know, any, as, as you extend the time frame, no one's perfect. You know, yeah, you can be perfect for a day. You can be perfect for a week, maybe. Maybe you can be perfect for a month. Maybe even a couple months if you're super motivated. But that's about it. You know, and then you're going to make mistakes. You're going to overeat. You choose the wrong food, all the rest of it. So the most important skill to mastering your weight is the ability to get back on track. That is the number one most important skill because you're always going to be getting off track. For your whole life, you're always going to get off track. I'm sitting here telling you for 30 years I I lived at the same weight. And I get off track. I get off track this week. I'm off track right now a little bit. Again, it's relative. Um, so with the 5-2 model, one of the reasons we do that is that the big one is that, that those two days are so crucial. Because being able to look forward to your pleasure reading helps it makes it a lot easier to clean. And then it helps you learn how to eat for pleasure in a moderated way. And then probably most important is you go from the two days back to the five days every week. So every single week you're practicing getting back on track. The most important skill because you're always going to binge. You're always going to make a mistake. There's always going to be some, some mess up you make. Every, like, There's never going to be a future. I always say this. Like I did this yesterday. Um, I did a lesson. There's no finish line with weight loss. There is no finish line, folks. <laughs> the day you get to your goal weight is a starting line. For, for staying there, right? Because don't you want to stay there? This isn't just about losing weight, right? So, you know, again, you, you might want to start with that idea in mind. I always suggest that you reframe your goal from wanting to lose weight to wanting to get to your goal weight and live there the rest of your life on your autopilot. I think that's a much better goal. And so, um, you know, if you do really well for a few weeks and sometimes you end up binging, that, that's normal, completely, totally normal. And that's going to happen forever. You're never going to be perfect with your reading. And um, your ability to get back on track is really the important thing. So if you're getting back on track, then super job. That's the most important thing. Um, how can I be more self-aware when I'm eating? Oh, that's a great question. Um, self-awareness is the game. That That's the currency that we deal with, with Program Yourself Thin. <clears throat> and, and it's funny you say that because the, the cornerstone of the Program Yourself Thin system is the Program Yourself Thin technique, which is a self-hypnotic programming technique you do at night. And what you do, it's, it's the redo and rehearsal technique. And it's exactly for that point. Because it's it's difficult to just become self-aware when you're eating. Because you're eating is a very automated behavior. It's kind of like if you, if you said, Oh, you know what? From now on, I'm going to eat with my other hand. I'm going to use the fork in my other hand. Right? Well, you're saying that now. But when you go get ready to eat, guess what you're going to do? You're going to go and grab this other hand. Unless you've set reminders and you really, really focused and thought about it. You know? And so... Saying, oh, I want to be more self-aware. Okay, well, that's a skill you have to develop. And so how are you going to develop it? Because you're not just going to decide to be more self-aware. <laughs> it sounds so silly. I, I mean, right? Am I right? To just all of a sudden say, I want to be more self-aware. Now you are? You know, but that's a dieter's mindset. This idea that you're just going to say, I'm going to lose weight. And then tomorrow's Monday. So now what? Now you're just going to follow that plan you've tried 50 times, but tomorrow you're going to do it? Why? You know? So, so how do you become more self-aware when you're eating? Well, you have to practice it. You know, how do I get better at guitar? I have to practice. I can't just decide, I can decide as a starting point and then I have to set up some strategy, some way of practicing so that I get better. And so you need to have a strategy of practicing to get better and more self-aware at eating. And so again, program yourself then, this is the cornerstone of the program is awareness because our eating is very subconscious, it's very automated and we have a, a huge lack of awareness when we're eating and you don't even realize this. And so, that, that two minutes at night when you reflect on your day and you prepare for tomorrow, that is a way to develop self-awareness of how you're reading. What are other ways? Um, I would suggest you have to make it more important. You have to practice it. You have to set reminders for yourself. You know, would be some suggestions I would have. Um, and you have to recognize it's a process of development. You're not just going to decide to be more self-aware to do it. You have to set up a practice strategy to, to keep reinforcing it and reminding yourself. And it's a very valuable one because... When you become more mindful and a more self-aware eater, um, that is a very, very helpful skill, as you can imagine, right? Um, because again, but that flies in the face, it's not natural. It's really not natural to be a mindful eater. We're, we're designed to be eating on autopilot, like just, da, 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 da. you know, it's it's a very subconscious process to start with, and then the culture on top of it, we become even more mindless. And so th- that's a, what you're asking is, is a big, uh, that's a big thing to take on, a valuable one, but, but a big one as well. So, yeah. So it's really about figuring out how can I practice it? Ask that question and then you'll come up with better answers. Um, you said learn then you can go on autopilot. That would be wonderful. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, autopilot. Listen, everything we do is on autopilot. You see, this is why I always say, you know, <laughs> get out of here because... You know, dieters, people trying to lose weight for, for 50 years, no idea how their mind works. And if you have no idea how your mind works, how are you ever going to change your behaviors? You know, you have a conscious mind and a subconscious mind. Your conscious mind is the party that's logical, rational, knows you want to lose weight, knows what you should do to lose weight, um, tries to get you to do it. That's where your willpower is. Your subconscious mind is the party that runs all your habitual thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. And it's the part of you that controls all your automated behaviors. Your eating is an automated behavior. And so what most people do to lose weight is they try and use their conscious mind to repress and fight against their subconscious mind, right? you got your subconscious program that just runs on autopilot, right? You never forget about the cookies at night when you're watching your shows. Do you know what I mean? Like, you don't have to set a reminder for those. They just, you know, you're up there and you got cookies in your mouth. How'd that happen? It's an automated behavior. And so, um, you know, it's... uh, (laughs) Stop. Stop. That's a little thing. Uh, Anyway, so... So it's an automated behavior. So um, yeah, you're on autopilot, do you understand? Your autopilot is keeping you at your weight now. And so instead of just fighting against your autopilot, you wanna use your conscious mind to reprogram your autopilot. You've learned all sorts of things that run on autopilot now, right? You brush your teeth with one hand, right? If you all of a sudden say, I'm gonna brush my teeth with another hand, you can say that, but then when it comes time to do it, you have to remember. And then even if you remember, it's way harder, right? It's way harder to now, like, oh, I gotta do that. now I got, I got to do it with my other hand, and that takes a lot of effort and thought. That's what it's like to lose weight and change your behaviors, you see? And so if you're trying to do it consciously, you're really, you're not, you're working against yourself. You're not designed to consciously be in control of all you're eating. You're not. You're, your prefrontal cortex, where your consciousness is, where your willpower is, where your logical and rational mind is, is 10% of your brain anatomically. The other rest of your brain is 90% of your brain that runs all your habitual thoughts and behaviors. Remember how you used a mouse for the first time and it was all over the place, you couldn't control it, and now you use it and you don't even think about it? That's because it's a behavior you learned and now you just do it automatically. Writing, reading, walking, driving a car, brushing your teeth, taking a shower, everything you do is is automated. Your subconscious mind runs it. You're eating, it's all automated. So to try and fight against it consciously is silly. Because what happens? I know you've had the experience, you've lost weight, you've stuck with your plan for a couple months, right and then all of a sudden you got off plan and what happened you went right back to what you used to do because you'd never changed your subconscious programming you just fought against it and as soon as you got distracted tired sick bored whatever you just went back and do did what you always do so again the, the real secret to mastering a weight is, is understanding your subconscious mind which is it's not rocket science it's not hard um it's understanding your subconscious mind and, and communicating with it and influencing it to do the things you wanted to do and when you get that in, that that's how that's the path of autopilot. That that's what we're looking for, you know. That's why that's part of the goal. Um, I'm 14 and I want to lose weight, but I don't know if it might be dangerous since I'm going through puberty. I can't answer that. Um, I end up at fast food because I don't have tolerance to shop or cook. Um, yeah, well, great. I mean, again, you, you 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 maybe that's your worst habit. Okay, so if that was your worst habit, i kind of bring that out right in front. I would focus a lot of my energy on that. You know, And so it's like, I end up at fast food because I don't have tolerance to shop or cook. Great, so you got a starting point. And now the question becomes, so that's a problem-oriented thought, right? That's the problem. And the secret is to spend 10% of the time on the problem and 90% of the time on the solution. So great, you articulated the problem. And now the solution becomes, how can I cook healthier foods or have healthier foods available to me? Okay, because maybe you don't have, you don't have to cook. You know, it's always, see, here's another thing too, right? Progress over perfection. You know, the diet's got you thinking you need to be perfect in order to succeed. It's bullshit. The more perfect you try to be, the more you're going to just stay stuck. I promise you. I My program, 99% of people coming to my program are overthinkers, and they're almost always on the perfectionist scale. And you would think being a perfectionist is great for weight loss, but it's not. It's not for a lot of reasons. And so we just want progress. So the first question becomes how can I have healthier options when I go to fast food typically? And again, it's understanding the context. When are you getting fast food? Is it at lunch? Is it in the afternoon? Is it at dinner? Is it after dinner? When's it happening? Getting specific with it. And then saying, because the solution that you use for lunch time doing it might be different than the solution you use at night. You see, if you have to be very specific. You might need different solutions for each one. But let's just say lunchtime, I keep going to the fast food because I don't have the tolerance to shop or cook okay so that's the problem now the answer becomes what can i do at lunch to have a healthier option for me now i know you don't have the answer to that again i, I say this a lot but i know you don't have the answer if you did you would do it and so you need to create the answer so you need to stick with that question a bit you need to let it mull in the back of your mind sometimes it takes a couple of days a couple of weeks to come up with a solution who gives a shit once you have a real elegant solution it's life changing yeah, that's what i'm trying to show you all when you come up with a real antidote a real strategic solution they stick. You know, I'll give you an example of what I mean. It's like, imagine you drove to work every day. It was an hour long commute. It was through the worst parts of town. There was bumper to bumper traffic. The whole way it was miserable, right? And then one day I said, oh, you're taking that road? You didn't know there's another road right here. It's beautiful. It's, it goes beautiful views. Um, it's, it only takes a half hour. You know, it's half the time you do. There's no one on this road, right? How many times would I have to remind you to take that road, right? Zero, <laughs> right? Because as soon as you have something way better, you want to do that. Your subconscious mind makes the best choice available to it. The reason you're stuck at being overweight is because you have shitty choices available to you because you're never focusing on developing better strategies and choices. That's the number one reason that you can't lose weight. It has nothing to do with your willpower. Do you see? Like in that situation, right? I say, oh my God, you're taking that shitty way to work. It's an hour. It's bummed over the drive. And I show you the good way. It's half the time, beautiful views, right? No one's on there. Would you need willpower to take that? no it's a better option do you see so when you focus on that way of finding better options for yourself you don't need willpower now we still need a little willpower to kind of remind ourselves because it's not quite that metaphor but um but you're using your willpower completely wrong you're using your willpower like it's this limitless thing it's not it's a muscle it's a prefrontal cortex process and you should think of it like a muscle and the more you use it the quicker you deplete it and then you're left with none and that's when you're making the decisions that are keeping you stuck and knocking you off track you know? um best way to change habits uh best way to change habits is i like the word change habits okay so i think a big mistake people make with because we we're talking about bad habits right probably because there's there's getting there's bad habits we want to stop and there's good habits we want to add i'm going to assume you're talking about bad habits you want to stop in, in or change into good habits and i like the change word because a lot of times people recognize i have a bad habit and they try and just stop it you know, and that's not a long-term solution because it just creates a vacuum. You're surprised, so I "So what do we do now? Well, we used to eat cookies at night, now what do we do? You know, and all you're thinking about is cookies. And so we want to come up with good habits to replace them with. Your mind wants something it, it can do, you know? Um, now, I mean, I, I, what's the best way to change habits? I mean, that's program yourself then. Well, I mean, there's a lot in the program that helps you do that, but the most important piece is that two-minute technique you use at night because to, habits are subconscious processes. Right? I mean, a habit's not something you think about. Your, your tooth brushing is a habit. And how did you, how did you install that habit? You reinforced it, your parents reinforced it in you over and over and over and over again. And now you just do it on autopilot, right? You get up and before you even realize you got a toothbrush you might have to brush your teeth. Sometimes I brush my teeth, like, did I brush my teeth or not? I don't even remember. And um, you just do it on autopilot. So you have to understand that's a subconscious process right? That's what a habit is. It's literally, it's a part of your brain called the basal ganglia. And you can watch habits neuroscientifically. Oh, thanks for the heart. I love those. Um, you can watch, they've done fMRI scans on people and they'll teach them something and you can watch it turn into a habit. It moves in your brain to a different part of your brain. So your subconscious mind is what controls your habits. So how do you install habits into it? Because it's not logical, right? You can't just say, oh, I want to have the habit of, uh, you know, eating fruit every morning, Yeah, you you can say it, but that's not that's not going to install it. Right. So what what installs habits? Well, there's a lot of things. But one of the big things that installs habits and makes habits run is environmental cues. Because think about you're not just randomly brushing your teeth and random times of the day. Right. (laughs) Do you ever just randomly brush your teeth? No, you do it very, very what? Pattern oriented. And so how do you know when to do it, right? You do it at the exact same, there's the same cues and triggers are going. So it's like, you know, you're getting ready to go to bed. You know, it's dark out. You know, the time is and your body just, blah, 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 just blah, i not brush my teeth. And so that's how habits run. That's how your eating runs. All your habits run that way. There's environmental cues of location, time, people, moods that are triggering behaviors in you. And, and they're they're activating the behavior subconsciously. I hope this is sense, right? I was like, people hear this, they're like, holy shit. Yeah, right? Because it's explaining your reality to you in a way that's practical and makes sense and explains what's been going on. So how do you, how do you use that to, to install a habit? That's what hypnosis does. It's imagining yourself in the scenario. Let's just say, let's just say you want to eat an apple at lunch. Let's just go with that. And so mo- most people say, okay, I want to start eating apples at lunch right? They think that, and then they think that thought and that I I want to eat apples because it'd be better for me and it's fiber and I'd feel good and da 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 da, all the reasons. Yeah, great. And then if that's all you do, what are the chances you actually eat an apple? Pretty low, right? It's kind of like, I got, I want to work out this week. Okay. You know what I mean? If that's all you're doing, it's a conscious process. You're probably not going to do it. And so how do you actually program it? And so it's a habit. Well, that's where hypnosis is. And the language of the subconscious mind is imagination. And so what you're gonna do is you're gonna imagine yourself in the scenario, where, where are you at lunch typically? Let's just say, oh, usually I walk into the cafeteria at work. And so you imagine yourself in the cafeteria and you imagine yourself going and buying an apple or pulling an apple out of your lunch bag, sitting at the table where you usually sit at lunch, seeing the people, seeing the places, knowing the time, the lighting, all that. And imagine yourself eating the apple, imagine yourself going back to work. You sort of say, like, I don't know if this makes much sense, but this is how you program in habits in a real practical way. Cause that's how your mind works. So I hope that helps out. Uh, because it's very helpful to know how to program habits, I'll tell you that. Um, happy to be alive. I love that. That's a great handle. Hi, how you doing? Oh, what's up, Don? How's it going? Yeah. Um, what do you usually do when you have an urge to binge eat? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I I don't really have urges to binge eat. Um, and so the, the two big triggers of binge eating typically, over-restricting so that you're super hungry and you can't control yourself, you know, and you just eat, 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 eat. Um, that's a big one. And so I don't, I never I, over restricting is terrible. Again, that's a, that's a diet mindset where in the deep down, it's like you want to, um, you want to like not eat anything cause you want to lose weight as fast as possible. But then, you know, very quickly it turns into binging cause you can't control your eating. Um, the other big driver of it is emotional reasons, you know, that there's some emotions you don't want to deal with. So you use the binge shame cycle to avoid those things. Um, so, you know, we have to start with a starting point, you know, um, so, because like saying you're binge eating you know that's just a starting point and so you have to kind of drive down and see like well, what's causing the binge eating for me you know and once you know like what's causing the binge eating, so for example if it's over restricting well that's one's relatively simple don't over restrict don't let yourself get really hungry you, you really have to manage your hunger to manage your weight um there's no reality where you're going to be able to be super starving and not eat for a long period of time i mean you know what I mean? It's like hold your breath. <laughs> How long you don't do that for? That's what like not eating's like. And holding your breath is a funny thing. I don't know if you've ever done this. You should do it because I think it's, it's, it's an interesting point of view. But I find it like, like I'll, I'll hold my breath like I'm gonna hold it. And it's like, it's weird because the first like three, four seconds, I'm completely irrationally confident that I'm gonna be able to for a long time. <laughs> and then as we get to the end of it, you know, the, the panic like starts exponentially, you know, magnifying. And that's what hunger's like, you know what I mean? Like you start feeling hungry, like I can deal with this. And then you start getting really hungry, like, oh God. And then it gets like exponentially worse. Next thing you know, you're eating for, you know, days to, because once you activate that real hunger mode, for me anyways, it's really hard to come back from that. You know, so instead I, I avoid it. I don't let myself get really hungry. Um, and so, so if that was the reason why that's that, if it's emotional, again, you gotta you got to go look for the real emotions, um, resolve them. What to do if I'm craving a crumb cookie? Do I stop myself from eating it or should I get it? Um yeah, great question, Indy Chick. Well, it depends on what your overall strategy is. Again, in program yourself then we use a 5-2 model, 5 days of clean eating, 2 days of pleasure eating. And so, in that situation, um I would I would kick the crumble cookie off until the week until the pleasure eating, you know? And so uh, and again, that's The very powerful technique, I'll I'll have it later. Then we don't feel the deprivation. We're we're looking forward to it still, which actually gives us, you know you have more wiring in your brain for the anticipation of pleasure than the actual pleasure you get from actually eating? Why? Because in nature, you need more motivation to get the food than to eat it when it's right in front of you, okay? So dopamine's what's driving all of that. And so saying I'll have it later, you know the dopamine levels dip a little bit, but just a little bit. Saying I can't have a cookie anymore because I'm on a diet, you know, the dopamine levels crash and that's very difficult to get through. So again, strategically, you know, I can't just say eat it or don't eat it. You need to have a bigger eating strategy behind that, you know? And so again, the five, two is exactly for that reason so that we can have the, cr- the crumb cookie, but we're going to have it on the weekend because that way having it on the weekend is going to allow us to master our weight. And um, then we get to have the cookie and our body too. You know? So that's what I would suggest. Um, hey what's up erica hey jim love your TikTok lives listen to the podcast while i walked on the treadmill today it's awesome yeah erica just put all this stuff in your head i promise you it, it's it's transformative and then you get in the coaching call because I'll, I'll drill right into you know whatever's going on with you and we'll make massive progress again sorry about tuesday but and i think you said you couldn't get on today but i'll, I'll see you next tuesday if that's the case but great job great job that's what you want to do you just want to you know think about it right it's like people are like whoa, i don't know why i'm having so much trouble with the food Think about it. If you watch, if you watch like regular TV with commercials, you have to think of each commercial like a mini hypnosis session. And you're getting, you're listening to, you know, if you watch two hours of TV, right? That's that's 50 minutes of commercials. 50 minutes of commercials in two hours, right? It's because every every hour of TV is about 25 minutes of commercials. And so 50 minutes of commercials for two hours of TV. And out of those 50 minutes, probably 20 to 30 minutes of those are food commercials, you know, drink commercials. And so they're always triggering you, your cravings and, and your pleasures and, and boosting up your desire for those foods. So that is hypnosis. So we're all using hypnosis, whether you use an actual hypnosis based program or just not, our, our, we, our minds are hypnotic in nature. All the commercials are all hypnotic in nature. Right? Why do you think one of the most powerful hypnotic techniques is repetition? You ever wonder why you see the same commercial during that two hours? You'll see the same commercial, what, five, six, seven times maybe, right? Because that's a hypnosis technique. So anyways, what I'm saying on the flip side is, The more you put my podcast in your ears, the program you listen to the sessions in the morning and at night, you're using your program yourself in technique, you're getting on the coaching calls, you're filling out your workbooks, you're watching those trainings, it's creating a new mindset in you. Because if you took my brain and installed it in anyone's body, we're gonna start losing weight instantly because of the way I think about stuff, all right? That's the big difference. And so the same thing can happen to you. Think of it like an immersion program for a language, you know, and you're creating the mindset of a thin person you know, so it's so a great job, Erica. That's awesome. Um, Kathleen, Jimmy, you're brilliant. Thank you. I've been on diets for years and binge so often, as was so restrictive. Yeah, yeah, right. I know. And it's like it just—that's what I'm trying to say. Like, like we're not aware as humans, we're not aware of creatures. <laughs> like you have to understand that we're primarily subconscious creatures running on autopilot, and so. It's so important to recognize that that sometimes, okay, I'll give you an example of this. If you close one eye and look at your nose, you see it, right? Close the other eye and look at your nose, you see it. Open both eyes, your brain just deletes your nose. Where'd it go, right? I just saw it, it was there with each eye, but open both eyes, brain deletes it. That's what your brain does. It deletes, distorts, and generalizes things. So, so often when I work with people, and I always work, like everyone I've ever worked with is, is very smart, like I will say. <laughs> you know, in this program, I don't know, just it attracts smart people and smart, and they're usually very successful professionally, especially the private clients I work with, and they can't see things that are right in front of them. The challenges and the solutions that are right in front of them, and so often the biggest breakthroughs mentally are things that are like, they were there the whole time, but that's the nature of hypnosis, is that you just become blind to certain things that are just in front of you, you know? So a lot of times, like the biggest realizations are things that you're like, God damn, why did I didn't have realize that? Like why do i keep binging when i go on a diet yeah because you're cutting 50 60 percent of your calories out on day one yeah so by two day two three yeah yeah then you're gonna they're setting yourself up to binge what a strategy to get yourself to binge which by the way i gotta say this you know it's coming if you listen to me at all um the diets aren't trying to help you to lose weight most of them all the big diets you know about are owned by big food companies weight watchers was owned by heinz jenny craig was owned by nestle um, the company owns Atkins Food Prox, The same company that owns Anian's Pretzels and Cinnabon. The company owns SlimFast. The same company that owns Ben & Jerry's Ice Cream, Unilever. And um, they don't want you to lose weight. Come on now. You know, I always say like when they buy, when they buy Program Yourself, then and put my program out there, then I'll change my tune because then you'd see their sales dip because people, once you reprogram your mind, you don't want that shit. Now, sometimes you'll eat it. Like it's, it has its place in the program and in your life, but it's it's way reduced. That's the sweet spot for those treats, right? Literal treats. Um, so but anyways, the diet stuff that you've been taught and that you're 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 subconsciously running was put there by nefarious um, you know <laughs> uh, intentions in my opinion. And so people that have been studying dieting or trying to diet for 10, 20, 30, 40 years, if you're really honest with yourself, you realize you know as little about how to lose weight now as you did before you start your first diet. You know, you have no idea how to lose weight, no idea how to change your behavior. And so, you know, that's the that's the the void I like to fill in. You know, I had to create this myself. Who, who's out there? Every diet, if you want to pigeonhole and put it in one bucket, every single diet and workout program is the same in the sense that they're always telling you what to do and then just leaving you to do it, right? And so what do you got? You got one tool, willpower, to try and force yourself to follow the plan. You have no strategy, no understanding of how do I actually get myself to do it? No one ever teaches you how to get yourself to do it. And that's what Program Yourself then is. That's what I've been f- obsessed with for 30 years personally, 20 years professionally. I've done over 5,000 private weight loss sessions. Um, I, I, you know, I read 50 books a year. I'm obsessed with this stuff. <laughs> Those of you that listen to me know, I talk about this stuff every day, all day. Why? Because it's not just about looking good at the beach, it's about living as long as you possibly can and the best quality of your life while you're alive. My dad died at 54 of a heart attack, so weight loss has always been life or death to me. You know. And, um, but even knowing that, you know, 10 years after he died, I was like, ah, I'm not going to go down that path. I was 50 pounds heavier, binge drinking, miserable. And, um, you know, again, I learned this stuff and I I trans just transformed all of it. And I was so blown away by it that that's just become a mission for me. So that's why I do this stuff all the time. So, um, yeah, yeah. I love the program and the content. That's awesome, Erica. Good job using it all. That's, that's the big piece. Good job. Michigan, what's up? Well, oh, Jim just came to tell you they're the best. <laughs> thanks. That's nice of you to say. How do you stop eating takeaway? Yes, yes. Um <laughs> Jelly says, yeah, you don't. What about when it's problem like addiction? Yeah, yeah. Um that's such a good guy. Like, good job, Jelly. Uh yeah, yeah. You don't you don't stop things, you moderate things. Okay. Sometimes you gotta stop things, but it's really rare in my experience. It's usually moderation's the real secret because it feels better in every way. It feels like the balanced thing, you know? Again, we want to have our cake and our, we want to eat our cake and have our body too, right? So how do we do that? Well, through moderation. And so the takeaway thing, what I would suggest is that you start, again, this is a 5-2 model, right? Five days clean eating, two days pleasure eating. The real focus is the pleasure eating, right? That's that's the interesting one. It, in a weird way, technically, it's the clean eating that really does a lot of the work, but the two days of pleasure eating is also very profound because you are you're learning how to eat for pleasure in a healthy way, you know? Because when I say pleasure eating, what most people intuitively think, oh, with their cheat meal, I will just eat anything. I get to eat everything. Well, is that the most pleasure you can get out of food? Is stuffing yourself silly? Is like way overeating? Is eating all the wrong rich stuff that, that you know is, you know, putting weight on you, that's high calories? Is that the most pleasure you can possibly get out of a food? And when you really think about it, a lot of times it's not. The way you can get the most pleasure out of the food is to respect it. You know, almost like, so, so I had an issue with alcohol at one point, um, but I never bought into the alcoholic thing for me. That wasn't that wasn't my path. And so I wanted to learn how to live with alcohol, okay? And that, that was my my decision. That's what I wanted to do. And so I learned how to respect it tremendously and I still drink it on the weekends moderately, right? So, so I was like, oh, i get to drink on the weekends. I'll get shit-faced. No, I don't want to do that. That's not the most pleasure. That's not pleasurable at all. <clears throat> the sweet spot for me is a couple drinks, and I know the exact number not to go over. You know what I mean. So I treat it with tremendous respect, and I enjoy. I like it. Again, it's, that's my choice. I get to d- d- decide that. But I like that choice, and I'm really happy with it. And I think the same thing with the food. When you make the focus of your weight loss plan how to get the most pleasure possible out of the food you like, what a what a paradigm shift, huh? Because the ultimate pleasure. You, tell me if you don't agree with this. To me, because people look at oh, you don't enjoy food. You know, you will two days a week. It's like, I think I get more pleasure out of those foods than anyone's getting because I'm eating those foods 1,000% guilt-free. No shame. I know 100%. I know how to control my weight, my body, my health. It's right where I want it to be. And now I'm eating the food that I really, really enjoy, completely guilt-free. I know I'm eating it in a moderate way. I'm gonna be fine with it. I'm not addicted to it, all the rest of it, okay? So with the takeaway thing, I would start with how can you get the most pleasure possible out of the takeaway? And one of the first things you'll realize is, well, I can't do it every night. When I do it every night, that's, it's not pleasurable anymore. That, that's the addiction thing, right? So I don't know, you know, again, some things, some substances are addictive. Sugar for some people is just like a little bit, they are binging on all of it. They can never have a little bit. But that is, in my experience, been a very, very small percentage of people. And when you start to really set the goal of like, how can I eat sugar in the most pleasurable way possible? What a weird question. I think it brings you naturally to some moderation way. You know, so that's what I would suggest, just kind of on a, a quick, quick answer for that. Um, I do kids meals are half of a normal size meal. That's a good question. Yeah, that's, that's a great strategy. If you call something addicted, it will be. Yeah, there, there's some truth to that. I, I mean, there just is. Um, there's also addictive things, too, you know, so so it's a bit of a balance, you know. You know, I, I don't know, like, like I don't, sometimes in our, sorry, I don't know, America, right? Great. So it's like one thing or the other, right? We're, we're not... We're not good gray thinkers, right? We're, 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 trained to be very black or white in this culture. And, um, I don't think it's by forces that want to support us and <laughs> have us thrive. I think we're taught to be very black and white and just think, but I, I like to think more in the gray space. And so, yeah, I, I mean, the addiction thing, I think that's overused. I think people use that word a lot of times when it's not really an addiction and, um, and sometimes it is, though, too. So so I'm, I'm respecting that as well. That's a real thing as well for some people. Um, but I think a lot of times, you know, what it ultimately comes down to anyways, is really kind of turning inwards and reflecting on your own response to things and your own ability to uh, interface with things the way you want to, you know, totally leave it at that. What's up, Renee? Yeah, planning for cake this weekend, guilt-free. That's what I mean, you know? That's exactly what I'm talking about. And notice how that cake feels because you're eating it in a moderated way. I I can't tell you how good that feels because if someone was asking earlier about being like more self-aware eater, right? And once you become more self-aware, what happens is you start to realize there's this emotional foundation underneath all you're eating. And when you're overweight, when you're unhappy with your weight and want to lose weight and you're eating that wrong thing. And, and what's wrong, I, I don't mean good or bad, but, but the thing that's gonna keep you at this weight that you don't like, that's gonna prevent you from losing weight to get to where you wanna go. When you're in that situation, if you really do become more aware, you're gonna recognize this really isn't that enjoyable. What's happening, because talk about binge behavior, I, I can't tell you how often this happens with clients where they realize they'll, they'll get they'll get a pint of ice cream and they'll, they'll go, I ate the whole thing because I just wanted to get it over with. Right? Because as soon as they got that ice cream, yeah, it's enjoyable. Looking forward to it, it was enjoyable, dopamine. Then they start eating it. And now they try and eat it as fast as they can to get over the guilt and the shame that they're getting while they're eating it. You know what I mean? Like a pint of ice cream is a lot of ice cream, but people get into this mode where they just want to get it over with. Oh, shit, here I am again. Fuck, fuck, I'm eating the ice cream again. I want to get out of it, get rid of it. I'm never going to do that again. That cycle. Can you relate to that? <laughs> Give me some hearts if you've ever done that one, right? So um, th- that's just one example of there's all this emotion underneath your eating. And when you tune into that, you quickly realize your eating is not nearly as pleasurable as you thought it was because it's underpinned by a lot of pain, guilt, frustration, pissed off, anger, sadness, all these emotions that are negative. And what you thought was pleasurable, when you look at the whole, when you zoom out a little bit and look at those emotions that are under it, it's not pleasurable at all. Yeah, now you look at me okay I'm only eating those things occasionally but when I eat them I'm 100% enjoying it because I know I'm I'm right where I want to be I'm in control I feel great about it all and so yeah because of that I can enjoy the hell out of ice cream cake cookies whatever it's a completely different place to be you know um, take your power back. The cookie doesn't have power over you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But this program, I started the 5-2. Now I don't even need them. I'm clean all week. And that's great, Joe. Yeah, and that's a point, too. You know what I mean? Like, that's a thing. You can go up to seven days. It's, it's what you want to do. But because you don't have to start with 5-2. You know, sometimes people want to start. I started with two days clean. You know, that's where I started. I built up to it, <clears throat> which is another key point of the program. You know, it's like really starting where you're at. You know, instead of just jumping in. Talk about jumping in the deep end of the pool. It's like I watched this John Wayne movie. <laughs> John Wayne made his movie and, uh, I don't know, is this kid seven years old or something. And he's like, you know how to swim. And the kid's like, no, he's like, are you about to learn? <laughs> throws him in the water. And I was like, that's what dieting's like, right? It's like, you know what I mean? You've been eating like shit for the last three, four months. And now, oh, tomorrow's Monday. So no more carbs, no more sweets, half the calories, you know? I mean, it's like, come on, man. I mean, what's the response to that? Some Sub- subconsciously, the response to that is just freaking out. But to, talk about like don't just have awareness when you're eating just have awareness in general like, like that's such a helpful thing that, that's program yourself in so much of it's built out of gaining awareness because you're unaware of so much stuff and just gaining awareness of it is curative a lot of times but um when you start a diet why do you think you don't start diets <laughs> you think about weight loss all day every day but you never get yourself to start a diet why do you think that is? right? Why do you think that is? It's because subconsciously you, you hate diets. Like you, you you don't want to do them. They cause you the first day of a diet, the moving towards it, you're, you're repelled from diets subconsciously. So how are you ever going to succeed with that? I, I don't know. You know? Um, yeah. Great feeling to be in control. Absolutely. Right. Definitely. Um, I've lost six kilograms with your method. That's awesome. Hey, great job, Cena. And I like your name because that's my daughter's name. Whoop. There we go. Like take screenshots of all the all the testimonials. That's awesome. Good job. Um, Sincerely, Courtney. I'd love to hear your opinion on alcoholism if you're willing to share lots of mental behind it. Oh yeah, yeah. Now that's not my specialty, so I, I don't I, I don't like to speak about things that that I'm not an expert in. I got my own experience with alcohol. Listen, I was a binge drinker for sure. I didn't have alcoholism in my family, so I didn't have that predisposition. Um, but I got I, I was the worst drinker in in my high school. In my high school, it was a huge high school. And um, in college for the first year and a half, I was the worst drinker. So I had a real problem. And um, so so looking at it now, I will say this, that I think, <clears throat> for me anyways, I think a big part of my problem with alcohol is my dad died when I was nine. I never dealt with any of those emotions. Um, and there was so much pain and anger and just emotion there. And I had no ability to, to deal with it. And so what I did is I ran away from it because I, I didn't, I was scared of it. And so I did anything I could to numb myself and run away from it. It's kind of cliche, but I, that's what I feel like. Because what really helped me with that is part of what I think helped me with the alcohol and the food and, and all of it is that I learned yoga and meditation. The, the hypnosis in, in NLP was important too, but the meditation specifically, I really went inwards and I calmed down. I, I quieted everything down, I relaxed. And that let me get to a place where I could interface with these scary thoughts and feelings that I had been running away from for 10 years. And all of a sudden I was able to keep myself in a calm, present state and then interface with these these things I was scared of and had been running away from. And then kind of like you know, kind of like the every movie that's ever about some fear, as soon as I did that, the fear kind of faded away. You know, and so I think for me that that was one of the big ones. There was a lot of strategic and tactical things I did as well. Um, identity shifting and, and a lot of other stuff. But I feel like at the core of it, for me anyways, it was a very emotional thing. Um and I and I got a strategy that could deal with these really powerful negative emotions that I had no way to deal with other than running full force away from towards food, alcohol, entertainment, dangerous behaviors, you know? Um Yeah. Uh it can go from pleasure to pain quickly. I need the regulation for sure. Yeah, absolutely. You yeah, gotta work on it though. The regulation is something no one works on it They're like I'm on a diet, all or nothing, right? And so it's all or nothing. And so people are like, well, I tried your pleasure thing and I overate everything. Okay, great. The next week learn from it and don't eat, overeat so much. Oh, next weekend again, right. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, no one thinks about their weight loss like something they got to practice. And, and you do, all right? Um, oh, man, you guys all have so much good stuff. I got to get out of here. I got a coaching call. Um, oh, Transcendental, I see you, Erica. Uh, transcendental Meditation. Uh, I did not do that. I, um... But, but I'm familiar with it. But that's not the one I, I practiced. But uh, I'll get into it another time. I got to go. I got a coaching call. Uh, I got to get going. Anyone on here who's not in my world, go to my bio. Click that link. Get your hypnosis session. It's a free kickstart hypnosis session. And um, then I give you a training as well, Three Steps to Master Your Weight. Watch that training and listen to that hypnosis session to experience what this is like. Um, and then, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Jill. Okay, so, oh, Jill you know, I I got, I'm going to send you an email, Jill. When when, there was a little bit of an issue there for a little while and I I thought I caught everyone with it. I missed you. I will, um, I I will send you an email about what's going on with that. Uh, but yeah, go, go to my bio and listen to that. My podcast is on all the platforms. It's Program Yourself Then, uh, Jim Katsula's YouTube channel. I put a bunch of stuff on there and I'm starting to chair yoga. Um, so that'll be over there. If you ever want to do any kind of real simple starting yoga, in your chair, right? Because I sit in this chair a lot. So uh, it's going to be good for me. And and if you use it, it'll probably be good for you as well. Um, But thank you so much, everyone. Uh, Have a great day. And uh, we'll talk soon. Bye.